Germany is a nice market to get first customers, but also a good market to then grow. And I think the big problem that most German startups have is then to take the next step. Hello and welcome to Inside Deutschland, your guide to careers in Germany. This podcast provides you with insight into working in Germany and covers topics such as the do's and don'ts for job interviews, pitfalls to avoid in communicating with employers and colleagues, and how to navigate opportunities and challenges across the German labor market. I am your host, Jessica Schuler, a Germany-focused career coach, trainer, and international educator. As part of the Inside Deutschland podcast, I will be interviewing people from all across the globe who have been successful in Germany so that you can learn from their experiences and expertise. Starting your own business is a very exciting moment in your career and even more exhilarating, yet also more challenging if you're not in your home country. You may ask yourself questions such as, what should you consider as you start your business in Germany? Or is it even possible to establish a business without being a German citizen? And with all of the German bureaucracy to consider, where do you even start? In this episode, we're going to be talking to two experts on this subject. First, we'll speak with Dr. Alexander Hirschfeld, who was responsible for the German Startup Monitor. This is one of the most comprehensive studies about the startup landscape in Germany. Then we'll talk to Veronica garcia Artiega, who will be joining us to discuss exactly what it's like to start a company in Germany. She's a scientist from Mexico who's now based in Berlin, and two years ago she founded her food business Next, which produces plant-based egg alternatives. Alexander holds a PhD in sociology and is the head of research at the Bundesverband Deutsche Startups e.V., or the German Startups Association in English, where he is responsible for the German Startup Monitor, as well as other studies, such as the Female Founders Monitor. Hello, Alexander, and welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. How would you describe the current startup scene in Germany? I would say it's a very big and vibrant scene. There's a lot going on. I mean, I started um, here at the association about five or six years ago. And since then, a lot changed, a lot happened. I mean, 2021, after the pandemic, we had a record year when it came to startup financing. We had 17 billion being spent by investors in the startup ecosystem. So this was really a record year. And over the last couple of years, we really had a continuous increase. I mean, now we see that with the current economic problems, the crisis, also the war going on, that it has slowed down a bit. But I think if you look at it uh, for the last eight, nine, ten years, there has been a continuous increase when it comes to funding, but also when it comes to public attention. There are so many people that want to know what is a startup? What do these people do? How can I, for example, as an established business player, cooperate with them? So there is this increase in money, but also this increase in interest, which really shows that uh, the scene is very lively, vibrant and active. That's great. And how would you say then, since it's lively and vibrant and active, how does the German startup scene differ from other startup capitals in other countries? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to say that we are still um, somehow lacking behind the really strong startup hotspots, talking, for example, about the US and also talking about countries like Israel. When you look at these countries, they started much earlier with um, building up a startup ecosystem. They started uh, much earlier 
with creating successful tech companies. And still you see that they have more investments, that they have higher investments, that they have more people also thinking about building their own business, which is kind of also like a cultural thing, especially in the US. Um, but it's also related to, we say, the ecosystem. So venture capital being out there and other opportunities that kind of promote uh, the idea and incentivize you to some extent to, to found a startup. One of the, the feelings that I have coming from the US is that there is much more acceptance like societally to found your own business, whether it's small, medium or large. Would you say that that's not as much the case in Germany, that it's much more focused on, like people are much more focused on what's safe and what's secure. And so they make conservative decisions around what they're going to do and don't like to take risks. Or how would you kind of gauge that difference? Yeah, I would definitely say that there is this risk aversion in Germany and there's still to some extent, that's one of the reasons why we have fewer startups. We have fewer people running their own business. I mean, I wouldn't say uh, that it's a negative aspect that people say, oh, you have your own business. Why don't you do something real? Why don't you have a regular or normal job or whatever? I don't think that it's this negative notion. Um, I think it's more this risk aversion. I think if people have their own company, also in Germany, other people say, wow, that's a good thing. Great for you. Um, but on this individual level, there is this idea of playing it more safely and only do it if you're really sure that you can succeed. And in the U.S., it's more this, oh, let's just let's just try it. Why not? Yeah. And we have much more of a failing forward mentality. If it doesn't work out, you just do something else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that it's really the case that Berlin is the best pit place for founders in Germany? Um, I would say yes, but I wouldn't say that it has to be for the next 20 to 30 years or so. I think at the moment, yes, because there are just so many startup founders out there. And that's true for, for most aspects career-wise. Um, if you are surrounded by people who do the same or similar things and you are surrounded by people who have done it a number of times and who have become good at it, then it's very likely that you are going to succeed because you have a strong network concerning founders, concerning investors. And as soon as you have an idea, you have sparing partners, you have people you can talk to. And so your idea, you as a person that just grows, that just accelerates. And this is um, going at a much faster pace, more professionally, if you have the right environment. I think you can kind of compare it to being at a very good university, being on campus, and just having people around that you can uh, brainstorm with, that you can talk to. And um, someone will know someone that can always help you with something. Yeah. In your experience, what are the key factors that contribute to the success of a startup in Germany? Yeah, I would say it's very much the ecosystem, not the ecosystem, the scene, I'd say. I mean, ecosystem, we talk about that a lot at the association. This is also about how politics and stuff like that work. But on the individual level, I think it's very much depends on that you are part of the scene. And that doesn't uh, mean the startup scene in general. It also uh, means that, for example, if you do software as a service, Uh, if you have a, a business model in a certain area, then just knowing people in that environment, knowing the investors that are interesting for you, knowing the right people, having a good network. If you start your business, know that I can contact these and these people if I build up marketing, if I build up sales and just 
have the network, have the contacts, the resources to reach out and be able to get everything together because you can't do it on your own. You have to know kind of the people and the way how you then approach it. And I think the other aspect is also, which is kind of weird, um, experience. Um, so we know that serial entrepreneurs, serial founders are very successful and um Having done it or having people who have done it, you can be a first-time founder, but then if you build up your team, it's great if you have some people who have an experience in the field on your team at some point. Uh, for example, if you have a software company, at some point to get an experienced salesperson in who knows the scene, who knows the market, and who can help you out so that you don't have to do certain things and fail and do them again, but that you can be Uh, successful quickly because then you have an advantage uh, compared to your your competitors basically yeah. and are there any specific branches where you see startups succeeding more often mm, i mean it's definitely software software as a service as i would say the most scalable part and as something that it's b2b software as a service solutions that you can scale that um, if you have them and you have set them up correctly You can at some point, I mean, it's not that easy, but just earn money by selling them and implementing correctly. And I think that's where startups shine most, like in the digital economy, in the software sector, um, in, the, in the B2B market. And I think this is a great opportunity, especially in Germany, because we have so many established businesses who are in need of that kind of a solution. Uh, and so I think Germany is a nice market to get first customers, but also a good market to then grow. And I think the big problem that most German startups have is then to take the next step. So what they do good is get first customers in Germany, grow to a certain extent. But what really um, is hard for German startups compared to startups, for example, from the US, is then do the next step and internationalize in Europe and also throughout the world, which means first step to the US and then really become a global player. That's a really hard thing. And only a few of them really are on the, on the track of making that. Transitioning into kind of the international or migrant space, you also lead the Migrant Founders Monitor, which is a study um, about migrant founders in Germany. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the study and its findings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we started with the study, I think, uh, three or four years ago because we were interesting, first of all, how many migrant founders are out there. So people who themselves or their parents didn't have like the, the German uh, national identity when they were born. Maybe they got it at some point, but they didn't have it at their birth. So we're talking about first generation migrants. So people who came to Germany and also second generation migrants, people where their parents came to Germany. Um, and the first question we were interested in, um, how many are in the sub ecosystem? And is it like the same size you have in the general population or is it higher or lower? And what we realized, uh, what our data showed us, was that we have about 20% uh, migrant founders in Germany, which is a little lower in the general population, but still, I would say, a fairly big number. So you could say like one in five founders has a migration background. And the bigger group are first-generation migrants. I think it's about 60% of them are first-generation migrants, so people who themselves have a migration experience, who themselves came to Germany. So that was the first, I would say, interesting number for us. And the second very insightful result was that they have a stronger growth mindset. So we always asked 
are you aiming for an exit? Uh, and if so, what valuation are you aiming for? So you want to build a unicorn, you want to build a company worth 100 million or whatever. And there you can see that the migrant founders on average score higher on that. So they have this stronger growth, this stronger business mindset, um, which I think is very interesting, especially also for German um, politicians and also for people talking about the economic situation, because you really see that a lot of people coming to this country who found a company do things that we kind of lack, so to speak. Yeah? And what's also interesting is that on average, they have a pretty high education background. So in the startup ecosystem, it's generally very high. I think it's 85% or something who have an academic uh, background. And among migrant founders, the number is, is even higher. So you have these people on average coming in, well-educated and having the strong growth mindset. Uh, for us, this was really also politically, uh, I'd say, nice result and something that is really in the public communication is something that needs to be stressed. Because a lot of those founders are also coming in perhaps as students, right? And then founding their companies after they graduate from a German institution. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't have the numbers with me now, but I think it's a very high proportion. I think it's even the biggest group that comes in for university because uh, I think Germany is still very attractive when it comes to their universities. Like compared to the US where you have this system, like a small number of very good elite universities, Ivy League and some who are close to them. And then you have, I would say, somehow a, a bigger gap uh, quality-wise. In Germany, it's more average, but it's still pretty high level. And at the same time, um, it's cheap. It's very cheap get an education here. And this is very attractive. And I think this is... One of the key aspects, if you want to get talents into Germany generally, but also concerning startups, that you really have to focus on the universities. And then you have to have a smooth transition from the universities to the labor market and also to probably founding your own company. So how are you seeing German universities support future founders? Are there specific programs or initiatives? Uh, there's a lot going on in Germany. I would say it's very tough for universities to support founders because it's just kind of the opposite thing they normally do. Because they normally, and I'm really exaggerating now, they normally are just a bureaucratic organization on the one hand, and then you have uh, the people doing science. And both is like on the opposite end of entrepreneurship and building up a company. So science is like, it's all about details. Um, it's, oh, I'm at 99.9%, but let's do the 0.1% for the next 10 years. And it's the complete difference uh, to, to the business uh, situation where you say, okay, let's invest 50% uh, of the time to be at 90, 95% and the rest, ah, whatever. Yeah. And this, the same is true with bureaucracy. In a startup, it has to be fast. And the bureaucracy, I mean, everyone is saying bureaucracy is bad and Okay, uh, it, it mostly is, but at the same time, um, in some um, aspects, you need a good documentation, you need that kind of stuff, um, but it's just not good for founders. So it's very hard to really bring the startup culture um, to the universities. But I would say they try. In Germany, they try. They try really hard. One thing they do is the exist stipend. Um, it's a stipend that you can get very early where you only have an idea for your company. And then I think it's one or two years where you are basically paid a regular income so that you can follow up on your idea. It's 
kind of like if you get a PhD stipend, but you get it for building up your company um, in the first one and a half or two years. And I think this is a pretty nice idea, especially for this transition from university to entrepreneurship. And what you also have at the universities, and that's kind of complementing exist, um, almost all universities now have some kind of a startup center where you can go and ideally they give you all the relevant information for you. And as I said, for the reasons university is bureaucracy is science, it not always works, but I think it's very good that they try so hard to really implement it at universities. So um, what advice would you then give to migrant founders or maybe international students who are interested in founding a company in Germany? Yeah, I would really tell them to build up their network, get into the community. I would say that this is the most important aspect. And I think this is also something that even though some people are not that open, they will have a warm welcome in the scene because the startup ecosystem is very international. Um, and so it's basically like in, in no city in Germany, you can get around just with English. It's only Berlin yeah, where you can just get around just talking English. And I would say it's the same with the startup ecosystem. So it's a very international open community. So I would say that it's easy to get in. It's easy to meet people and the people are eager to exchange, talk to you and get new perspectives and new ideas. On the other hand, that doesn't mean that there are not strong networks, that it's hard to get in. Um, and I think this is with most of the places. I mean, if you are from here and you know some people from your university, you are probably in networks where it's hard to get in um, if you're not from this country. But I think the, the ecosystem, the scene in general um, is very open, is very interested in, in input from people from all around the world. And the level to really get into it is pretty low at the very beginning. And you should just make use of that and also make use of the fact that the people are eager to getting know new people and expanding their network. So everyone is about networking. So just play the game, become part of it, and um, that it should work. Yeah. Alexander, thank you so much for being here today with us and for sharing your expertise on migrant founders and starting a business in Germany. Thanks again for having me. It was nice talking to you. And yeah, good luck to all the founders or potential founders out there. Germany has a vibrant startup scene with a strong economy and a well-developed infrastructure, especially in the capital city of Berlin. However, there are certain requirements that you need to fulfill to start your own business, and most of the legal processes of setting up and registering a business need to be done in German. As Veronica Garcia Artiega experienced firsthand, this can be quite a challenge. It's only been two years since Veronica founded her business Next in Berlin, but she's already acquired capital and a dedicated following for her plant-based egg product. Together with her partner, Patrick Doifo, they produce plant-based egg alternatives and are one of the most anticipated food companies in the country. Veronica, who's originally from Mexico, did her master's and PhD in food science at the Technical University of Munich, or the TUM for short. And then she had the courage to take a big step and build out her own business in Germany. Hello, Veronica, and welcome to the show. Hi, Jessica. Nice to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. Next is currently one of the hottest food startups in Germany. It recently raised $5 million, and Baiva AG an international agricultural company worth billions is also on board. So first of all, congratulations. 
Thank you so much. It's really amazing what you've accomplished in such a short period of time. You were in the middle of your master's and your PhD and you started to actually develop the product. Is that right? Or what did that look like? Yes. So I had already finished my master. I was almost in the middle of my uh, PhD project and which has nothing to do with it. It was completely a separate topic. And then in 2019, summer 2019, I really started with the project. This was an industry project also. So there was some industry like supporting the project. And it took me almost two years to really search what was out there in the market, which ingredients we wanted to use, what is the German customers want, right? Because, of course, there was some products already in U.S., but there were some ingredients that are not allowed here in Germany, or maybe some ingredients are not really good perceived by the consumers in Germany. So, okay, what what can I really use that also the consumers here will will have it? And, um, yeah, so in 2021, I have something that it was a good prototype, I would say. As a scientist, you want that... Everything is perfect, right? Especially when we are in research, like it's a little bit hard to see, okay, let's, let's come out out now. So I presented something that I thought it was good enough and I presented to the industry people that were supporting the project to the Fraunhofer Institute and to some investors and they really liked it. I show this egg white and egg yolk as a sunny side up egg, as a scrambled egg, but also I prepare some muffins, some quiche, some other products. And I think this versatility is what they really liked. And then they thought it was a really good product. And if um, maybe we could bring it to the market, it would be a success. But until that part, we never thought about it. And that's when everything started. When they asked me if I would like to uh, be part of, of bringing this product to the market. Okay. And so then it was kind of the industry who was driving you then founding the company. Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. And so what was that process like? Did it go pretty quickly or did you have to manage everything? What did that look like? Yes, actually, it was pretty quickly because I present this on March 2021. And then the discussions started, if you wanted to create a company or not, if I would be available or not, because I was still not done with my PhD. So in May, some people around from the industry and myself then we decided that we wanted to do it. And in May, the, the company was created as it was founded. And then I had to hurry to finish my PhD. And then in September, I joined full time to the company. So you ended up co-founding. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to co-found versus founding on your own? Um, and this case was mainly strategic because it was the industry project. So this company had already invested a lot of money on the project. Plus creating the company. I mean, I come from Mexico and I have some scholarship for my master. And then I was still working as a PhD student. So I, although I have my savings, I don't know if it was enough to put all my money into the company. So it was just... Uh, considering and it was a good partnership that I thought or that I had with them. So that's why co-founding just sounded as a better idea. Would you recommend that to other internationals? Um, I would say so. I think it depends a lot on the company and on the people. It's super important to choose carefully your co-founders because you never know how things will get, especially when things get hard. I think it's uh, really important. But I think it's much more important to have a co-founder 
because it's it's already hard the startup uh, situation or the startup scene and then do it by yourself i know a few people that are solo founders and i think it's really inspiring but they are they have too much too much on their plate and at least with a co-founder there's a little bit of things that you can divide and accomplish together excellent so i want to transition a little bit and talk to you about the german startup scene so um I'm wondering, what were your first impressions of the German startup scene? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I don't have like a background on the startup scene anywhere else because, I mean, it's my first experience, really. So I cannot compare. I would say it's um, a little um, close between Germans, I would say. If there's other like migrant founders or co-founders, it's really interesting. They're really open. But though I have the, I don't know, the feeling that Germans are a little bit more closed uh, than other ones. Although having, I think, I, I have found that there are some German uh, founders that have immigrant co-founders and it works pretty easily then. It's a little bit easy to, to talk. Um, but I like the idea of the networking also. I think there are several events depending on the topic. Coming from my side, coming from not business background and coming from a science background, I think it also makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, I had to learn how to like navigate these networking events and then how to talk to people I had to learn all these business, really, uh, um, vocabulary, all these work, not only in Germany, but around the, the globe, because you need investors from everywhere else and so on. So I don't know. I cannot compare really German against other startup scenes, but I think it's still interesting. And um, yeah. Is a lot of the work that you're doing and a lot of the networking that you're doing happening in English or is it happening in German? Mostly it's in English. I think I, once I started the company, most of the partners that I had, the co-founders and everyone was German. So I start, I was really talking German with everyone. But at some point there was some little lack of information missing. Like, um, I understand a lot of, of it, but again, it was a really new vocabulary. And there were some legal terms or business terms that I didn't get. And then at some point, I just decided I will just start everything in, in English because I really need to understand everything that is going on. Um, so at some point, that just changed. So now you do everything in English? I do everything in English, yes. I think that's also so important for people to hear too, because you have to be able to understand like taxes and contracts and all of the very, very important, you know, small print when you're when you're managing a company in Germany so that you don't miss out on things. So it's interesting. Definitely. And, and having people you trust, like the lawyers, the accountant, the, uh, the nota people, because I do everything in English with them, still the documents are everything in German. And uh, for some things, it's possible to have an um, English version, right? But when not, then... The, the German is the binding one anyway. And then uh, you need to be able to read it. So I would not say it's like you need 100% German to have a company in Germany, but definitely some kind of like an intermediate knowledge is necessary, I would say. So besides the language, what would you say other 
like migrant founders should be aware of when it comes to challenges in founding a startup in Germany? Um, that everything requires a lot of time for the administrative stuff. There's a lot of bureaucratic things to to go through and it takes long. It takes so long and they require so many documents and papers and checking it again and sending by post instead of emailing. <laughs> so um, you need to print everything, sign it and then send it. And yeah, if there's something, there's a little mistake, then you need to repeat the process again. So um, I think for me, this has been a little bit uh, weird that everything still, it's mostly by post. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just, I have total uh, mitgefu with that. <laughs> it's, it's like, why can't we just send this via email? Um, I know. So you're not only not German, right? You're also a female founder. Something that you've mentioned makes people sometimes perceive you differently than they perceive your male co-founder, who's also German, correct? Yes. Right. Can you talk a little bit about your experience being a female migrant founder and how that plays out in the field of research and development, or R&D for short, and in the managing of the company? Um, so there's not only these two barriers, the female and the immigrant, but also the scientific background. I, I have to put it there because I think at the beginning, so my co-founders were all business people, so they're all business people, and then uh, myself. And right now I'm the managing director and at some point was a little bit complicated for them to trust me that I can also take over as a managing director because I don't have the business skills or the business background that they they would expect from a, a CEO or from a managing director. Um, so this required a lot of learning from my side also and, and somehow to demonstrate even more than I can do it. And then I can do both, not only the R&D part, but the, the, the managing director part also. Um, as a female, then this is the same. I think when we have the meetings, there are mostly men, both in the managing director part or with the, with the board meeting or also in the technical part, because I still talk a lot with engineers and so on. So with this side, with the technical part, I'm most of the time, the only women in the meeting. But at the end, I have been working with the product since 2019, right? So I'm the one who knows the product more. Plus, our company is focused on R&D. And so most of my people is R&D people. And uh, so I know how we can move and how we can manage. So you really have to deal with kind of a triple hurdle at work every day. Yes, what would you say are some of the first steps internationals should take if they want to start a business in Germany? Well, first of all, taking some German classes, definitely. <laughs> um, probably depending on the background, then getting a little bit more into the business and legal topics of German companies, I would say. I mean, I had to learn what is a GmbH and KKG and all these little UG and so on. So definitely just taking an overview how this works, how the taxes works. And I think as soon as you start a company, I think you don't need a lot of money for it. Now that I learned that you can uh, also have an UG and it's much cheaper than a GmbH, maybe I would have done it with uh, by myself. I don't know. Uh, but all these differences, I think, are important to see all your options. 
Another part I think it's really important if at some point you have people that you want to hire, then of course all the the rules for the hiring people and then keep the people and all these payroll and HR rules that we have. Yeah, I think these are the the things that have taken much more time for me, but because I didn't have the background at all. So um, so for any scientific or non-business people out there that want to do it, this those would be my my main topics. For everyone else, definitely the the, the German language. I would really really recommend. Just a quick note here. To register your business in Germany, you need to choose a legal form first. There are several kinds of legal forms for business structures in Germany, which can be roughly grouped into three main types. The first type is sole proprietorships, or in German, Einzelunternehmen. The second type is partnerships, or in German, Personengesellschaften. And the third type is corporations, or in German, Kapitalgesellschaften. Each legal form has its own requirements and implications, so it's important to carefully consider which one suits your needs best. You can get advice on that from a lawyer or a government service called Point of Single Contact. I'll link to this service in the show notes. And now, back to the interview. So to close, do you have any final words or advice for future or current migrant founders in Germany? I would say that if they or you listening, that if you have the idea to have a company, if you have already an idea, then you just go for it. Because I think they will never be a good timing. So if you just have the idea, just go for it. If you don't have the idea, but you would like to uh, do your own startup, uh, for that, there's definitely some websites where you can find people looking for co-founders that might need your abilities or experience to found the companies. So definitely I will suggest you to go into those. I don't remember right now the names, but I know a few founders that they met that way. And um, yeah, and I think those things work really well. Sounds great. Veronica, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your expertise with our audience. Thank you, Jessica, for inviting me. So to set up your business in Germany, there's a few things you need to consider. The top three tips from this episode include one, networking is key. Surround yourself with other people from the startup scene and your industry so you can brainstorm together, share knowledge, ask for help, and benefit from each other's experiences and resources. Two, consider co-founding and or getting someone on board who has already started a business and who knows the scene and the market in Germany. Starting a business is a lot of work, and it can be a lot easier if you have someone to share the responsibilities with. And tip three. It can be very helpful to have a basic level of German to deal with German bureaucracy, as German is the binding language in all contracts and legal forms when starting a business in the country. Finally, one more important point. Before you can start a business in Germany, you need to make sure you can stay here long term. As a self-employed entrepreneur, you can apply for a residency permit for the purpose of self-employment. This requires that you fulfill a number of general criteria and requirements, and one of them is that you have to submit a convincing business plan. And remember to look into the support structures available to you. For female founders, Veronica recommended the UBS program, which we will link to in the show notes. 
There are also numerous initiatives in Germany and Europe that support founders with migrant backgrounds, which we will also link to in the show notes. Do you have any questions related to working and careers in Germany? You can submit them to the Alumni Portal, and we may address them on a future episode of the show. Check the show notes for a link to the contact form. What's your favorite word related to startup culture, starting a business, or being a migrant founder in Germany? Oh, German word. <laughs> I have um, the Bayerisch one, Schaumamal. Schaumamal. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I use it for everything. Like, I just don't know. I will just, I will just see Schaumamal. <laughs> That's like the essence of having, of like starting a business in yeah. Germany. <laughs> That's great. Inside Deutschland, your guide to careers in Germany is a podcast brought to you by the Alumni Portal Deutschland. I am your host, Jessica Schuler. Sound design, music, and production by Anne Bergner from Der Apparat Multimedia GmbH. Editing and production by Jessica Schuler, as well as Amelie Berbot and Leonie Klusendorf from Der Apparat Multimedia GmbH.